miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you I look to you, I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you, you're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom, you know just what to do. Give me vision 
see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do.
We're going to do some more worship, but we wanted to give you an opportunity to support the gathering here in Moravian Falls. And there's a place you can go to our website. You can do it now. You can do it later. But you can go to thegatheringchurch.info, and there's a place there to donate and to give, to support. And because uh, we're going to carry on. You know, there are going to be limitations in the numbers, but we're going to carry on and believe that um, the gospel is not going to stop. We have the greatest news, the good news, and we're going to trumpet that good news in this hour. So we thank you. And those that are with us, we're under the limit, and there's a, a table in the back, a place where you can give. But I want us to pray also. We have a member of our congregation that's with Samaritan's Purse, and you know they sent a, a, a medical team to Italy and set up hospitals. And uh, they've just done that. Well, Deborah Nascoda from our church is on her way to New York or leaving in the morning, one or the other, to be a part of the uh, you know, temporary emergency hospital. They're setting up in Central Park. So we want to cover Deborah and we want to pray for all of our healthcare workers. And it's an amazing you know, sacrifice, and they're giving their all to go into the, right in the heat of the battle. So, Lord, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we come to worship you. We thank you. There's no God like our God. There's no king like our king. Lord, we do pray right now for Deborah. We pray for all of those that are a part of that medical team going to set up these emergency field hospitals Central Park in New York City. Lord, we ask you to cover them, keep them. Lord, we thank you for the word that says whatever we commit to you, you're able to keep against that day. So we entrust them into your hands. We pray for the blood of Jesus to cover them. The anointing, Lord, enable them, give them great wisdom. We pray, Father, for all of our medical workers, nurses, doctors all over. Lord, in the places where there's a greater, right now, emphasis of this virus in other places, Lord. And we just pray for our leaders that you'll give them great wisdom. Wisdom from above, God, for our governors, our president, Lord, our local mayors all over America. That they'll hear from heaven and they'll obey the voice from above more than any other. And we just cover them, Lord. We thank you. Cover our community, Lord, our our regional hospital, Lord, our families, our children. Lord, we thank you. The safest place to be is in the will of God. And we're a marked people because of your sacrifice, your blood, your death, your resurrection. So we love you. We commit this day to you. We pray, Lord, those that are watching, we thank you. We've many of our congregation. But, Lord, we know the net is being cast out. There are more people watching the Internet now, services, than in the history of this nation, maybe the entire earth. And so, Lord, thank you. The net is being cast out over the Internet. We pray today people will have a face-to-face, one-on-one confrontation with the living God. And this will be... Lord, a day like they've never known before. Thank you. Thank you. We can come boldly and confidently because you're a great, good, and awesome God. And we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue to worship. And if you'd like to give during this time, you can go to those places. And, but um, thegatheringchurch.info, and there's a place to no, donate. But we're going to continue to worship. Pure. 
Let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold, pure gold. Refiner's fire. My heart's one desire. Refiner's This week in this room, oh, and by the way, if, you, if you're from North Carolina, you know that tomorrow at 5 p.m. we go into an executive order, stay at home. Many people already have done that in many parts of the country, so we're just, uh, you know, catching up. So it'll be a unique time and uh, different, but God knew that we would be here at this time, and He's prepared us for such a time as this. How many of you believe we, we've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this? And so this hasn't caught him off guard. But I want to tell you some good things that happened in this, here this week. These really weren't planned that very far in advance. But on uh, Thursday, we had a prayer gathering. It was a Zoom call. And we had pastors from almost all 50 states 
that prayed for their particular state started off with Rodney Howard Brown. He, was, he opened up the, the morning, and then they were from all over America, and it happened. This was one of the locations. We got to pray for the state of North Carolina, but it was powerful, the thing that God did. And then, you know, those of you that live around here, you know we have what we call the Wilkes Day to pray, and um, we have churches coming together that are taking time to pray over the county, and um, so we had some pastors gather in a parking lot. You know, we want to go in a building, so we gathered in a parking lot. And one of the pastors brought these uh, little seat cushions. And I wondered, why did he bring those seat cushions? You know, I had a little lawn chair. We were sitting up. And then at the end, I knew why he brought the cushions, because we all hit our knees. I didn't want some seat cushion. I, didn't wanna, I wanted, you know, knees to the surface. I didn't want any cushion. But anyway, that scripture I thought about in Joel talks about how the priests, you know, are to weep between the parking lot and the altar. But no, really, the porch and the altar. But that happened this week. And, you know, God is, people are crying out to God all over the nation. And I know that, that God is hearing and he's going to answer. I don't know exactly all where this uh, virus came from. You can look on the Internet and I have my own opinions and uh, others have some strong opinion. I just know I put more trust in the Holy Spirit to lead me than I do men to mislead me or to deceive me. And so we're going to trust in God, and we're going to believe that He is ruling and reigning and that um, all this is going to work out for some incredible purpose because He's a God of purpose. And so let's pray and get in the Word this morning and just appreciate you joining us. And um, we also have every Wednesday night at 6.30 if you're in this region, you can watch from wherever. This net is being cast out all over the earth. We'll probably be shocked to find out how many people watch this morning or will watch it in one of the, the platforms in the days to come. But, um, but God is speaking. He is speaking. And we'll talk about that. Lord, we thank you for this morning again. God, every person that's watching or will watch this, we pray that you would speak to them as if they're the only one in their room because there's a good possibility they are the only one in their room or with their family. But, Lord, you show up. Let your presence, Lord, fill that house, the houses of America. God, let this be a... Lord, whoever's behind it, we pray this will backfire in the face of the enemy and this will be a time when Jesus would so be lifted up. His name would be famous in this nation and in the nations of the earth. And we believe you for that, Lord. Touch people this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you're as near as the breath that we, we release. You're right there. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to uh, review just a moment when, you know, I feel like all of my life as a, as a preacher, I can see like this unfolding pattern. You know, you, you weren't with me back in those days, but I can see like a pattern of the things that he would show me and I would preach on. And I found out, you know, that's not anti-biblical, actually. The Hebrews believed you were, the journey, it was a growing journey and a growing revelation. And you were built on the foundation of the Word of God. And, but I also know to much is given, much is required because I happened to be at all those times when I was preaching all these years. So I know there's a lot required, but um, I know that grace will be given to those in whom much is required too, and that's what my trust is in. But So I, I, I believe that everything we've been sharing here and uh, at the gathering, 
God has been preparing. There's a building. The ultimate revelation is Jesus. You know, the book of Revelation is not a scary book. You know, some people read it like this is horrifying. It's not, well, you know, one, from one angle. It depends on where you're looking from. But it is, an, it is an unfolding of the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ. You know, this is the most glorious revelation, and it's unfolding. But anyway, I want to go back and review a couple things. Because I see it happening, and it's just, it's, God is backing it up. And it was over in Isaiah chapter 26. And we're going to live this out. Beginning tomorrow, and you, many of you, you're already living it out wherever you live. It says in verse 20, Come, my people, enter your chambers, enter your house, and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment. And when we talked about that, I'm thankful the word says little moment. It's not for the rest of time. I believe this is going to pass until the indignation is passed. And then it says the Lord will come out of his place. And I'm reminded of the book of Malachi. It says the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. But who can endure the day of his coming? He's going to come like a refiner's fire and a purifier's soap. And that's exactly what David sung this morning. The Lord's coming. And we know that's one of the the purposes and all the reasons he's coming as a refiner's fire. But then there were six things that are going to happen as a result of our, you know, going into our chamber for a little moment with chapter 27, it says, here's the six things I just want to review. Number one, in that day, and we shared last week that regardless of the timing of the day of the Lord, this may be ultimately the day of the Lord. I, you know, I don't know if anyone really knows that, but I believe regardless of that, it's the Lord's day. This is the day of the Lord. This is the day that he planned and purposed in an unfolding revelation of the purposes of God. It's kind of like, remember John on the Isle of Patmos? And, uh, you know, he was in exile. And it says, John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. This is the Lord's day. God is in charge. The devil's not in charge. Man is not in charge. Men may think they are. But this is the Lord's day and uh, we can be glad and we can rejoice. And I'm confident of that. And then the next thing that we saw, not only was it the Lord's day, but it's uh, how God will take care of his people. And he will. There's the promise to his people. Uh, it's, well, no, we may back it up. It's actually the day of justice. You've got to look back in that same, before we press on, that the Lord will come with a severe sword, great and strong, and will punish Leviathan. And that, you study out Leviathan. He's the king over all the children of pride. I don't know how this is going to unfold. But the justice of heaven is going to be served eventually on the earth. And that's why we have to turn to him now. Now's the day of salvation. So that's the second thing. And there's a whole lot about that. I was, you know, thinking about Zechariah and chapter 3 where... And we talked about this, too, in the last month or so where, you know, it wasn't Joshua that rebuked Satan. You know, Satan was standing beside Joshua in the Old Testament and uh, oppressing him and confronting him, standing against him. And it says, the Lord rebuke you. And the Lord rebuked Satan. And, um, and then it speaks about how the Lord not only will rebuke Satan, but pluck 
Jerusalem like a brand out of the fire. I look at that literally and I say, God, this is a great hour for you to rebuke Leviathan, the powers of darkness, the principalities, and pluck the nations like a brand out of the fire. And I'm believing, I'm praying that prayer. And uh, you know, also in that text, it talks about how God will remove the inequity of a land in a day. That's one of the words he gave me for 2020. And I said, God, how in the world are you going to remove the inequity of nations in a day? Well, I see a lot clearer. It's not maybe one 24-hour period, but I see that scripture a little bit. And then he goes on in verse 2 and verse 3. He talks about how God will keep his promises to his people. Uh, I will water it, my people, and I will keep and uh, day and night. So we saw that. And then this is the day that God is calling people of the world, people that have never known him before, to come unto him. And we see that in verse 5, that he may make peace with me, speaking of those who have never known him. And uh, he says, and he shall make peace with me. This is a day of great harvest. Many of you that are watching, you know, you heard about God, and you heard churches preaching about him to some degree, you want to know, is he real? I can tell you he is real. Jesus is either the greatest phony in all of history, he's a great hoax, or he's exactly who he said he is. And we believe he's exactly, in fact, he's way more than we've ever said he is. You could ever think, and he's calling people. This is a day of salvation. And then, this is what really excites me. Well, all of it is exciting, but then in verse 5, or verse 6, those who come he shall cause to take root in Jacob, Israel. Now come where? Come aside. Come into hiding. Go into their chambers for this brief moment while God has his way. But look what it says. Those who come to him in this moment, that's the main thing, shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. You know what that tells me? The greatest move of God in history is right at our doorstep. That God is preparing us for the greatest advancement of the kingdom. I want to share a quick dream with you. Now, some of you are watching, you say, does God speak through dreams? Yes. We won't take the time to show you in the scripture. Not every dream. Some of us may be having nightmares. We've got to get up and get in the word to get rid of the nightmare. In this moment, there are things... You know, we don't know what's happening. The Scripture, Jesus said, men's hearts will fail them from fear of the things coming on the earth. But he wasn't speaking about his people. And so when you come to know him, your heart's not going to fail you from fear. But there are all kinds of things happening in this hour. But I want to share this dream quickly. This was a number of years ago. And in this dream, something had happened. And people, there were multitudes of people in these fields. And I was walking through the midst of the people... And I knew that when I got to wherever I was going, there was a platform. And when I got there, I was going to be expected to get up and address the multitudes of people. And in the dream, there were, I don't know, thousands upon thousands of people gathered in these fields. And on the way through, through them, I was thinking, God, and in the dream, this is what I'm thinking, God, what in the world am I going to say? Lord, I don't know. What am I going to say? Please help me. Help me to know what to say. So when I get there in the dream, I stand up on the platform and I look out over the masses. And I look at them and I say, this is not the greatest day of a decade. This is not the greatest day of your lifetime. This is not the greatest time of a generation. This, these are the greatest days in all of human history. And then I woke up. 
That dream means a lot more to me today than it did then. And I'm telling you, these are the greatest days for the church in all of human history. And so he's getting us ready. There's going to be an anointing when all this is over like we've never known before. And then the last thing, this is the day, regardless, that he's given his people a song. And we saw that last week in chapter 26, verse 1. He says, we have a strong city. In that day, this song will be sung. And so God's going to give the church, you know, we don't have a lot to do now, but seek God. And so that's not a bad thing. It could be a divine setup. And so people are going to get, it is a divine setup. People are going to get songs. They're going to get things they've never known before. And then they'll have the opportunity to shout, to sing those songs. Okay, this morning, I'm going to spend the rest of the time just looking at two scriptures, one from the New Testament, one from the Old Testament, regarding what I believe is happening right now. And uh, as we've said before, there are many opinions out there as to why all this is happening. I'm always leery of those who say, my opinion is the opinion. You know, this is the, because I read the scripture, all of us see through a glass dimly. And uh, no one has the whole loaf. And I believe God has given a picture of what's happening to many, many, all of those men and women of God, all of us believers, we can all hear his voice. So we all see a picture, a part. So this is a part, but it is a big part. And that is over in uh, Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read there, and then I'm going to go to Haggai chapter 2. And it speaks about the great shaking. So that's the title of this message this morning. The great shaking. I believe in a great awakening. I believe we're being prepared. But there's also a date, a great reckoning, and a great shaking. And this is what these scriptures speak about. So we'll read them. And then we'll go back and talk about it and ask God for help, understanding, revelation. It says in verse 25, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, how much shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of those things that uh, that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, and all the people that are part of this church family, we know this. If you hadn't heard it, any time you see the word therefore in the Bible, You have to look what it's there for. So you look in the context. So this is explaining the therefore. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with godly, with reverence and then godly fear. Now we'll come back over there. But now Haggai chapter 2. And then I think there's, I don't know, eight or nine points. We'll go quickly. But we don't have a lot of things to do. Baseball season was supposed to start today, this opening weekend. And um, so we have a lot of time to seek God. You know, it's really, I don't know, and I know you're like me. There have been a lot of idols in the land. And God brought them all down in just a matter of days. It's totally amazing. You know, but anyway, 
God is a big God. All of us were saying, God, purify our heart. This is the time. This is the, let me tell you, God is a good. All right, now, Haggai, chapter 2. He speaks to Zerubbabel, verse 2. Speak now to Zerubbabel, speak to Joshua, and to the remnant. A remnant means a cutting away. I've heard people preach about the remnant. I understand a little more what that remnant, what it may require for there to be a remnant. You read Psalm 91, you'll understand even more about the remnant. But that's for a different subject and a different day. I don't, even, I don't understand all those things. But he, I do know that the context of this is that the temple was unfinished. And we're going to read what they saw now taking place was nothing in comparison to what was. But they had to have the hope. It was nothing compared to what was going to be. And we stand right now in our nation, whatever nation you're from, and you say, what I see right now is nothing compared to what it was just a month or two ago. But I can tell you, we're going to see in the Scripture, it's nothing compared to what it shall be. And that's what this is about. So you understand in the context. So he says in verse 3, to the remnant, who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now in comparison with it? Is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Be strong, Joshua. Be strong, all the people of the land, for, and work. It says, work, for I am with you, says the Lord. According to the word that I covenanted, covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. So my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. That's very important. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more. I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land, I, and I will shake all nations. And they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple, this is what it will be, with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord. So we look at this, and there a number of things that we need to understand. Everything as we see now is not as how it's going to be. Many people are asking, are we going to get to go back to normal? What's normal? Have we been in normal? Whatever, I'm telling you, it's, it's probably a new normal. What if God defines now what is normal? What if we don't go back to the way it used to be? Well, I can tell you, according to this promise, where we're going, where he's taken us, is greater. The latter day is going to be greater. And God is a good God, and he knows what it takes to get us there. You remember the scripture over in James? Now, none of us, well, I don't know if I can say none of us. We've been reading the stories of what's going on in Italy and New York now and places, so I don't want to, I don't want to say none of us. But you think about all that Job went through. Job lost everything. He lost his family, his children, possessions, everything. And God gave Satan a little permission. But he didn't give him total liberty. There were certain things the devil couldn't do. And um, I think maybe in this, that's one of the explanations, you know. There's certain areas or boundaries. You know, we're not going to let the enemy enter. We're going to be a people of authority. But... 
you, you know, at the end of Job, Satan is not even mentioned. And it's, a, it's really, you know, it's a, almost a puzzlement. Because it was not the enemy, it was God. God. And uh, Job came to understand it was God, that he would honor him in, in adversity and times of blessing and both. But in James chapter 5, verse 11, it says, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. And we're a people. We want to be blessed. We endure. We don't back down. We don't turn away. We don't give up. We don't throw in the towel. We count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord. What was the end? It explains it there, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And so all we know in the midst of this God is good, God is merciful, God is compassionate, and there is an end intended for the nations that's intended by the Lord. So maybe we won't go back to normal, but we're going to go back to God's normal. It's going to be something more glorious. Okay, here are the things in the Scripture that we notice. Number one, Hebrews chapter 12, 25. It says we can no longer turn away from Him who speaks from heaven. And that's what the Scripture says. Let them hear. There were those who turned away. They wouldn't listen. You know, one of the primary reasons nations come under judgment today is because they no longer value, they no longer treasure what God has to say. Every man does what's right in his own eyes, and they listen to the voice of men rather than seeking the Word of God. You know, the Supreme Court, in particular, we're Americans, wherever you're watching from, but the Supreme Court many years ago said, no, you're not allowed in schools to read the Bible. You can't read God's Word in the public schools. We don't know the doors of darkness that were open when that decree was issued. And that's one of the reasons our president, he wants to change it, to allow Bible reading in schools. That's one of the reasons the enemy is so adamant to see his destruction. And that's a wholly different story as well. But uh, to uh, refuse, they refuse to hear God. And the word refuse means to excuse oneself. It means I don't have to show up. I don't have to listen when God is speaking or reject. They hear what God is saying, but they said, I don't want to hear it. I don't believe it. Or they shun it, make excuses, or avoid it. You know, this is not the day to turn a deaf ear. It's the day to open our ears and listen, God, what are you saying in all of this, I, the other night I felt like the Lord gave me a word. He said to me in my heart, tell the people I'm not leading them into, on a dead-end road. I'm just leading them onto a one-way street. This is not the end. It's just one way. I'm calling them back to my way. Jesus is the way. And he's the voice that we most need to hear. I've had, um, and you have too, but in my life, Many spiritual heroes, I can still hear their voices. Billy Graham, one of my heroes, and I still can hear, you know, his voice thundering, you know, the way he would preach. And uh, there were many others. Jack Taylor, most of you know, them. part of my family, was my spiritual father and had great impact in my life. And I can, I hear the last thing he said to us just a few months ago. But I remember in seminary, I, they, they would invite preachers to chapel. Some of the students, they wouldn't go. I went. I always encountered God. I had a, I had a listening ear. I wanted to hear. 
I don't care. I would hear. I don't care if it may have been the driest message. I was there seeking God. And God was meeting me because I was seeking Him. But I'll never forget one day, S.M. Lockridge, he's a black preacher. I'm sure he's no longer living, but he was preaching. With, you know, he was like the black preachers of thundering, man. And if I remember correctly, he was preaching on the subject of amen. The amens in the Bible. Never heard a message like that since. Amen. And he was just thundering the amens. I can hear that voice today. Yeah, I can still, I remember that thundering voice of S.M. Lockridge. I even, as a young student, it's okay to do, I went after service, I went to the altar, I wanted his autograph, and I, I got his autograph in one of my Bibles. You're probably like me, we've been through so many Bibles over our lifetime, and uh, many of them, but uh, in one of those Bibles, I still have the autograph of S.M. Lockridge, but now, more than remembering his voice, Billy Graham's voice, you know, I never heard publicly D.L. Moody, I, but I love D.L. Moody, the testimony of uh, George Whitfield, Jonathan Edwards, and those old great preachers. But the greatest voice America needs to hear, Israel needs to hear, Germany needs to hear, France, Spain, Brazil, every nation on the face of the earth has been touched. Maybe there's one or two, I don't know. You can let me know. You can text us, email us, hey, my nation has not been touched. But most of them, we got to hear God's voice. Let those who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And so this is the day. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26, these scriptures speak that He is the God who keeps His promises. And He gives a promise there in Hebrews chapter 12, a promise, a promise. You know, you think about, but now He has promised. That's what the scripture says. The promises men and women make us. Most of them, or many of them, eventually are broken. How many of you have had broken promises? I can I guarantee you there are people right now, husbands, wives, you're, a, you're going through this without the one that you married. They made a promise to you at the altar of some church or maybe some getaway location, you know, but they made a promise, I'll be with you till death us do part. They didn't keep their vow. They didn't keep their promise. And so people break promises, but God is not a man that he should lie. How do you know that? Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. And I'm standing on promises that God made me many, many years ago. And I know that all of you are too. And you're watching. You know, there are promises. Some of you are in conflict right now. You're saying, God, the promises you gave me, how is it going to fit with what's going on on the earth right now at this moment? Well, all I can tell you is he is God. When we were, we were praying, I don't know if I told you the rest of the story. The other, the, just a couple of days ago, when I, we had these pastors praying in the parking lot. Yes, I did. I told you. We were all on our face on the parking lot. It was amazing. And we were praying, crying out to God. And I'm, you know, I just, God, thank you for letting something like that happen. But the thought came to me, because we were preparing in Wilkes County to have a countywide revival in May. 30 churches, I don't know how many churches. And this thought came to my mind. God, what if you interrupted our revival to bring revival? You know, what if God had that in plan? What if he started something no man could ever say he had something to do with it? 
He didn't even put his hand to it. He couldn't even dream of what God wanted to do. But I'm telling you, there are promises. Do you know the word promise appears more than 50 times in the King James Version? So, now, one person said there are more than 3,573 promises in the Bible. I don't know if that's true or not. All I know is that God is a God that will keep his promise. And that leads us to the next point because this is one of his promises that he makes in Hebrews. Verse 25, he has promised yet once more I. You have to circle that word I. I will shake not only the earth but also heaven. And in this hour, unless there are a few nations left out, and maybe there's a few, but most of the nations of the earth are being shaken. And this shaking is not coming from men. I've heard some of those reasons as to why you know that it's a bioweapon and that evil people are designing. I was thinking again this morning, this scripture in Revelation, you'll have to go look it up. We'll have to get to this subject, but I think it's in chapter 13. Forgive me, I'm just remembering. But it talks about, you know, in the reign of the Antichrist, the day when the Antichrist will be made known, there'll be global government, and we know that, global religion. They'll demand that you worship the beast. You and I, we're not going there. And then there's going to be this global financial system. Many people read that, they think, well, that's probably a million years away. It could be, we could be right in the custody. It may be happening right now. I don't know. We don't know those things. I guess we'll find out. My own opinion, it's just my opinion for what it's worth. It's a dress rehearsal, getting us ready because of the mercy of God for what is coming. But anyway, you read below that, and it says all of those who were engineering behind the scenes the things that were going on, they were doing things according to the purposes of God, that God was even engineering it behind their engineering, that God was actually God, not man. You'll have to read that. Well, that, some of you are saying, I don't know, I've never read that before in the Bible. But they, these things were happening even according to the will of God. I, I'll show you. We'll get there. But how, why wouldn't we believe that? You think the Antichrist is going to be God and going to be king? He's only going to reign for a short moment. And his kingdom is going to come down. And so it is, all of these things. But anyway, every nation on earth is being shaken. God says, the truth is, I will shake. You know, one of the ways the devil gets out of his boundary, he's promoting fear. That's one of the things we don't want. And we have authority against the spirit of fear. And we can stand on faith. But God says, I'm going to shake. And you know what happens when shaking happens? A lot of dead stuff falls off. A lot of fruitless Dead limbs fall to the ground. What if God is shaking all the things that really weren't, they never produced life. He's shaking them so they'll fall to the ground. And, uh, the, and then the next thing is the reason for the shaking. Hebrews 12, 27 is the removal of the things that were made by men's hands and not the hand or by the instruction and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And we've said before that God does not appreciate what God has not initiated. We're not doing this on our own. It's not a time to come up with our own ideas, our own opinions, our own doctrines. You know, 
I'm just going to be honest. I'm seeing some of the, the men that were more inclined to the faith movement. Their faith is being shaken. Because, you know, just like grace, there was a hyper-grace movement. Now, that's been shaken to the core. Because they told us there was no judgment. You can live like you want to live. You're all under grace. Well, that went out the trash can, didn't it? But not only the hyper-grace, there's a hyper-faith movement. And that is faith in faith. It was more faith in faith rather than faith in God. And your faith in your faith is being shaken to the core. And we're seeing that fall to the ground. Because God doesn't want any gods other than Him. And people even made their faith some kind of a God. And we've shared with our congregation many times the story that helps you understand that is where Corey Ten Boom, great saint, went through the Holocaust, you know, got out of prison. And then her and her family, you know, they hid many of the Jews during the Holocaust. Tremendous faith. Her father died. Her sister died. Corey was released, released from prison, a German camp, because of a clerical error. And she, anyway, it's great testimony. But that she was speaking at a university, maybe, I don't know, wherever. And uh, she was, they wanted to, you know, ask her, Hey, Corey, you're a woman of great faith. Tell us how you do it. Great faith. She corrected the student. She said, No, it is not that I'm a woman of great faith. I'm a woman that has great faith in a great God. My God is in my, my faith is in my God. And that's how I stand. Not in my faith. But we know also we need faith. We don't want to come short in faith. But listen to this. I was thinking, you know, all the things being preached in America over all the years, that now they're not going to be preached anymore. No, it doesn't even matter. What they said, I thought about that. Jesus said in the gospel, he said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. And he said, he goes on to say, He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. And in this hour, men, ministries, doctrines will not be glorified. Only Jesus will be glorified. And so we want to be those that proclaim his word. And then in Haggai, there are promises and instructions. So we're going to move from Hebrews to Haggai and the promises during the shaking. So it says in verse 4, Yet now in the shaking be strong. How are you going to be strong in this hour? There are things going on I've never heard of in America before. A friend of mine from Temple, Texas, texted me this week. He said he loaded up his shopping cart, went to check out at the local Walmart, and they confiscated most of what he had in his shopping cart because he could only have one dozen eggs and a bread and a meat and certain items. So they took most of it out. And they had, he said they had police there to make sure no one broke the rules. God, I've never heard of anything like that in the United States. They told me yesterday we had a drive-through prayer at near the Walmart yesterday. People were driving through. We're praying for them. It was an incredible time. I hope some way we can get away with figuring out how to do that during this, you know, this season of staying in your home. I don't know. We'll figure it out. 
maybe drive through prayer over the internet. I don't know, but anyway, they told me there was a high-speed crash because of a high-speed chase that happened the night before. They saw it. In Wilkes County, North Carolina, somebody stole groceries, and the police chased them. <laughs> this has never happened in America before. How are you going to be strong? Well, listen, there's a principle in the Scripture. When we are weak, He is strong. If we boast in our weakness, what happens? The power of Christ rests upon us. We're not going to trust in our own strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God, how do we be strong? We humble ourselves. Lord, I can't, but you can. I'm not, but you are. You're the way. You're the truth. And God's going to give him, give us great strength. And I think that you were going to see, you know, that word courage, be of strong, be of good courage, it means to be courageous. It means to, be, to harden your heart. Now, this is not the hour to harden your heart against God, but you know many people are going to do that. The Bible says in Revelation, let the righteous be righteous still. Let the wicked be wicked still. And there's some that are going to, even in the midst of a pandemic, going to lift their fist up in the face of God. And they're going to say, no, I am going to be God here. They're going to do that. The Scripture says that. I would encourage you not to be one of them. And so as we, you know, the way that we're supposed to be hardened is hardened in, de in defiance to the gods of this world and to this age, the gods of this age. And uh, we're not going to let the enemy, we're not going to let fear prevail. We're not going to shrink back, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And then the next thing, the next reason we can remain strong in this hour, in verse 4, of that chapter in Haggai, he says, For I am with you. Some of you are thinking, God, you better be with me because I just lost my job. They can't pay me. <laughs> you just, he, that guy just told me, if I try to steal groceries, they may come after me. All I know I have never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. That's what the Scripture says. All I know is those who put their trust in Him, they will lack no good thing. All I know is God is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. All I know is, is the Bible says, no plague shall come near my dwelling. And though 10,000, 1,000 may fall my right hand, 10,000, you know, fall, I'm going to look and I'm going to see the reward of the wicked. That's what that scripture says. But I know that my God is my provider. We saw a few weeks ago. Now, guys, I'm not being proud. I'm just, I'm, I'm saying, God, I can't believe how you showed us all these things. All before this started breaking out, we go into the plagues and we look at how the plagues can be compared to a pandemic pestilence. And at the end of the plagues in Exodus is when God reveals himself and his nature and character as the God that healeth thee. Now that's totally amazing to me. I'm the God that heals and we're going to trust him and believe that. And he's going to be with you. He's with you now. You ought to say that right where you are. God, I thank you that you're with me. And if you're with me, you know that scripture says, 
God, I thank you you're for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? Another way to say that, God, if you're for me, who cares who is against me? Because if you're standing with me, I will stand by faith. And we know that. God is, I'm so glad God's not practicing social distancing. Because if he does, I know that's what you're saying. Hey, you got to be a little funny about this. Don't take things so serious. That's why you can't pay attention. Well, you may pay attention to all that's going on. But then at the end of the day, pay attention to the word of God. Meditate. That's how Joshua meditate. By this you'll have good success. If you meditate upon my word day and night, and you will have good success. And anyway, we know that. So meditate. And then the next thing is he gives a promise in verse 5 of, of that scripture of my spirit remaining among you. Do not fear. Do not fear. Let me ask you, is that a suggestion or a recommendation or a command? A command. Do not fear. So that helps us knowing it's a command. Because if it's a command, that means God is going to give us grace to keep the command. Does that make sense? The scripture in the New Testament, be anxious for nothing. But by everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests made known unto God with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So that's a command. So what do you do if you've already fallen into fear? Repent. God, forgive me. Forgive me. I repent. And now, God, I I draw from the grace that you've given me to obey the command because your commands are not burdensome, which means you can obey by the grace of God. It's him obeying through you. That's where it comes. So anyway, it's by the Spirit. That's what he says. My Spirit remains among you. Because my Spirit remains among you, do not fear. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, we'll get to the Antichrist later on. I just don't want to make him the primary thing because he's not the primary thing. The primary thing is the unfolding, the revealing of Jesus Christ. But you know the scripture that says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You know that. You know the context of that is in when the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist who is already in the earth, is making himself known. He's already in the earth. And that's what that is all about, that epistle. That even regardless, whenever age, whatever age you live in, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And then I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. Now, there are a lot of different interpretations of that. You know, the next scripture in there says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. And uh, many are interpreting that many different ways. All I know is that God is going to shake the nations so that their desire will be not in the things of this world. Their desire will be in the God who is eternal. And they're going to return. They're going to turn from the world. They're going to turn to Him. And they're going to find that everything He has belongs to them. I don't understand all of that. I just know that God is going to be so faithful to the nations that declare that Jesus is our King. That Jesus is our God. 
we're not going to follow. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. He will be their desire. You make him your desire, he will not disappoint you. He will be your desire, and he'll fulfill his promise, just as he said. And then in verse 9, there are many things that speaks about, you know, in other words, regardless of how it looks like, he said the glory of the latter day is going to be greater than the glory of the former day and how the glory of God will spread. Right now, the, the virus, the coronavirus is spreading. Well, more than the coronavirus, if I understand the Scriptures correctly, the glory of God is going to cover the earth. The glory of God is going to spread all over the earth. And God right now is preparing a people that humble themselves, that through the refiner's fire look to him, and he uses them to share his glory to the nations. And he's getting us ready like never before. And then that leads us to the last thing back in Hebrews. So we go from Haggai back to Hebrews. For we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. The word shaken means immovable, firm, stable, enduring. It means you're not going to back off. You're not going to fall away. You're not going to shrink back. You've been called. Listen, everything around you is shaking, but there's something that's dwelling inside of you. It's called the kingdom, the kingdom of God that can never be shaken. I met a man yesterday in the parking lot at Walmart. He said, David, I can't understand, but there's joy. I hear what's going on. I see what's happening, but there's a joy, and I can't shake it off. I said, well, that's, I think that's supposed to be. I think that's who we are. The kingdom of God is peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's who we really are. And that's why the world is going to make a, they're going to come and ask us, cry out, tell us why, what's going on, how come you have so much joy. And we will be able to tell them. The reason is, is because we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Now I want to pray this morning. We want to pray for all those that are watching. But I believe there are many this morning that you, you just turned in, tuned in to one of the platforms, YouTube, Facebook. I think we're on Instagram, you know, our website. But uh, you're, you're seeking, you're searching. And I'm telling you, God is seeking you. And uh, the Bible says, even yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There is hope in this hour. It's not in, the, in what men do, but it's in what God has done. And God will lead men and speak to men. And there may be great breakthroughs in the days to come. And we're believing for that. We're crying out in that scripture in, in 2 Chronicles 20. Oh God, will you not judge coronavirus? God, will you not judge this that has come against this great multitude that has come against the sea of humanity? And we're praying all those prayers. But you know, the greatest judgment happened at the cross. Jesus was judged for the sins of humanity, for all of our sins, all of our fears, all of our sickness. He was judged. And if you've never trusted in Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And you, right at this moment, can know that you know that you're going to heaven, that Jesus is your Lord, that you're saved, that this, if something happened today, and this was the last day 
your last day on earth, that you would wake up in eternity in heaven. Listen, whatever 70, 80, 90, whatever years were granted on this earth, it's nothing compared to eternity. And that's why God came, and He still loves the world. I don't, listen, all of this will get worked out. But I can tell you, John 3, 16 has not been negated. It's not been blotted out. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So I want to lead you in a prayer. The Holy Spirit speaking to you. You're, lo- you're looking. You're searching. You say, I want to know God. And the way to know Him is through His Son, Jesus Christ. Because He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. So just pray something like this, but you mean it in your heart, there where you are, watching on your cell phone, in your room, in your home, maybe driving, you're listening. Just say, Dear God, I believe in you, and I believe in Jesus, that he is the Son of the living God, that he lived, he died, and he rose from the dead. I confess that I'm a sinner. I've sinned. I've fallen short of your expectation and purpose for my life. I failed you. And I confess my sin. I acknowledge that I've broken your commandments. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. From this moment on, I turn my life over to you. I repent, I turn from sin, and I turn to Jesus. I thank you for your blood that was shed for me. And by faith, I receive you, Jesus, because the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I call on your name. I receive Jesus by faith. I confess him with my mouth. I believe he died and he rose from the dead. And I thank you. The cross is the answer. I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the power of heaven. And God, I thank you that during this time, you're going to prepare me. You're going to take care of me. And you're going to use me to be a part of the greatest awakening and the greatest move of God the nations have ever known. I thank you that you've chosen me for this hour. I love you, God. In Jesus' name. Now I want to encourage you if you prayed that prayer. Maybe you came back. You said, I want to come back to him. I want to surrender afresh. Would you email us and let us know? You can email us at the gathering church office at gmail.com. The gathering church office at gmail.com. And you can email us and we want to send you some um, information to help you with your walk and your faith and uh, pray for you. But I want to pray also for the believers. You know, this is a time. The governor this week, he said, I didn't sign up for this. And then he changed the tune. He wanted to quickly say, no, 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 I'm your governor and I'm going to be there. I'm going to fulfill my role. I think he was just humbling himself, saying, I've, I don't know, I can't. But he's confessing his need. And 
we're going to pray for him. And we do. We pray for our governor. You pray for your governor. Whether he's got a D behind his name, an R behind his name, or an X behind his name, we don't care. He's our governor. He's our their mayors. He or she. And we pray for our president. We, he needs great wisdom. Great wisdom in this hour. We know he's not perfect. But I don't know. Are you perfect? None of us are perfect. But I know one that is. And he's the one that will not fail. And I want to pray for you right now. And some of you are battling sickness. Because you don't even know you should go to the hospital. Because they tell you don't even go. You go. You may come in contact with the coronavirus. So Lord, we pray right now. God, in the name of Jesus, that you'll touch people all over this county, all over this region, all over America and the nations. Father, we pray you would strengthen the believers by the strength, the power of the might of God. Lord, we confess our weakness and we grab hold to that which you give us, the strength that comes in knowing Christ. God, I pray for fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit, fresh fire, God. Lord, I pray for fresh revelation. Lord, I pray right now, I thank you that you are the God that healeth thee. Jehovah, Rapha, you're the God that heals. And I thank you. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we pray for healing, the power. Right now, we rebuke every sickness. We rebuke infirmity. We break every work yoke of evil. We declare that God reigns and rules. Lord, we thank you. We've been called, and we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Everything around us may fall apart. But God, what you're calling us to is actually coming together. And we thank you. We're standing on solid ground on faith in Jesus Christ. Encourage the saints. God, we pray for our cities, that whole cities and nations would be saved in this hour as they look to you. And we thank you that, God, this is not going to be the greatest decade greatest time in our lifetime it's not going to be the greatest days and a generation that we are standing the precipice of the greatest time in all of human history and we thank you that this is your day and your glory is going to cover the earth just like the waters cover the sea thank you for the nets being cast out all over the earth for a great harvest. Thank you that you're faithful. You're with us. And as we personally in this region go in to this stay-at-home order, we thank you. We're going to find you as we've never found you before. You're going to make yourself known. And we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. God, we lift up all our governors, mayors, all of those, our president, all of those making decisions. We lift them up, God. Hallelujah, that you'll keep them. Speak to them. Cause them to hear your voice. God, soften the hearts of the most hardened in our nation. That this is the hour. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this is that day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.